Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. For my yoga teacher friends who are interested in working with the pregnant population, Prenatal Yoga Center offers an 85-hour Yoga Alliance certified program based on our three-pronged theory of prenatal yoga, asana, education, and community. Once a year, we hold our three-month immersion program in New York City. For those who cannot attend this training, Caprice and I are now traveling to different locations holding our training at hosting studios where we will spend six days working together, exploring and learning about prenatal yoga. This training consists of more than 50 hours working together. We also created a whole membership website with more than 20 videos corresponding directly to the manual you will receive. For more information, check out our website at prenatalyogacenter.com. Hope to work with you soon. Take care. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As a working mother of two, a fast and nutritious breakfast is very important to me. I want to share one of my favorite ways to start my day with their yoga birth baby community and give you a chance to win a one-month supply. Ready to hear my secret? It's a cookie. Don't tell my kids I'm eating cookies for breakfast. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, I thought she said nutritious. Well, let me explain, and then I'll tell you how you can win. Susie Allport started making breakfast cookies after writing a history of omega-3 fats for the University of California Press. She realized she could make baked goods with the right balance of fats and provide a vegetarian, sustainable way for boosting your omega-3s. Pregnant women find these all-natural, high-omega-3 breakfast cookies particularly useful. A friend of Susie's daughter calls them a pregnant woman's best friend. Ready for your chance to win two boxes of 18 cookies in your choice of flavor? First, follow at Prenatal Yoga Center and at Susie Smart Cookies on Instagram. Then go to iTunes and review our podcast. Simply email us at info at prenatalyogacenter.com, the snapshot of your review and your Instagram handle, and we'll enter you to win a one-month supply of breakfast cookies. Enjoy. 
Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg and I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies and today we're going to talk about sibling prep and we're going to have Rachel Cedar talk to us about how to prepare not just the mom, not just the partner, but also the child for this massive change in family dynamic. Truth be told, Rachel was extremely instrumental with helping me pass to that other side of welcoming our daughter into the family several years ago. Let me tell you a little bit about Rachel. Rachel Cedar is a social worker, as well as the founder of U Plus Two Parenting, a parenting support and education service focused on toddlers and preschool-aged children, as well as new and expectant second-time parents. Rachel's writing and 28 Days of Play project has been featured on the Huffington Post, Today, and NBC. Her children's book, When Mommy Has Our Baby, was published in May of 2014. Rachel's also the mother of three fantastic children, two boys and an adorable little girl. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, Deb. Thank you so much for having me. I am also really excited to be able to um, sit and chat with you about sibling preparation. And I do remember fondly the time we spent (laughs) together a couple of years ago. (laughs) Yeah, you kind of, you shook my whole world and I'm like, oh, I have to plan for this. What? Not only have to give birth, but I have to change my whole family dynamic. Please help. (laughs) It's a big change. It's a big change. I think there is sort of a myth that um, if you've done it once, you should just know how to do it again. And that's definitely not the case. Um, not only are there lots of changes that you and your partner have to plan for, but your little one, um, you know, this is going to be a big change for them as well. So it's important to do a little prep work. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's just start with what brought you to doing this work. Sure. Well, um, I've now been um, doing this kind of preparation with parents for about eight years. Um, I'm a social worker, and I was inspired to start um, really focusing on this type of support for women when I um, had my second child. I have two boys, and actually, I also have a new baby girl. So we've had um, some big changes going on here in my family again as well. But um, I had two boys who were just two years apart, and I was living in New York City. Um, and I just found that having my second child was um, difficult in a different way. Sure, I was an experienced mom since I already had one baby, but um, just learning how to navigate um, all the logistics, um, learning how to manage two little people who had drastically different needs at the same time, um, you know, it was all really overwhelming. And I found that there just was not a lot of information um, or support out there for these, um, you know, experienced moms who are continuing to grow their families. So I decided, Hey, you know, I'm going to use both my expertise as a, um, as a social worker and a family therapist, as well as my personal experience, um, as a mom (laughs) and you plus two parenting was born. Um, and really things just took off from there. Yeah, I remember having you at the studio. People loved you. And it was sad to see you cross the country, but I'm so glad you're back to speak for a little bit. Thank you. Oh, yeah, it was sad for me too. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about what would you consider sibling prep and why do you think it's important? Sure. Well, I like to sort of think about um, sibling preparation. Maybe a better term for it actually is is sibling education. I think that it's hard to kind of prep for something that you don't really know how it's going to be. You know, we don't really know how our lives are going to change when we have a child and then how they're going to change again when we continue to add to that family. Um, and so it's, it's important to just 
do a little um, education with our existing children, whether it's one or two or three, um, about what it means when a new baby comes into the family, what that baby is going to do or not do for that matter, um, and how... um, how the landscape and our household will change with new routines, new baby toys, new equipment, so on and so forth. So it's a lot about education and teaching um, in an age-appropriate way to just kind of prime your child and get them sort of starting to think about what it might be like having a baby in the family. Um, and it is, it's important just for that reason, um, because we don't want to, um, you know, not have any discussions about it or do any kind of, of prep around it. And then all of a sudden have a new baby coming home. Um, that's a real surprise to your, you know, to your existing children. Um, and I think the more comfortable we can get them with the idea as we're leading up to the birth, uh, the better, but again, it's hard to know what we don't know, which is why it's important. Um, I think to, to have these conversations and not just for the children, but for the parents too, you know, (laughs) absolutely. I've had, I actually have a few students that are kind of going back to back with their kids. And I remember having a conversation with one recently, her daughter at this point was about 10 months old, her first, and she's pregnant with her second. And I talked about the sibling prep and she was saying, will my daughter even understand it? Does she even understand I'm pregnant? What age do you think they start to recognize the change and at what age is it appropriate to start to help prepare them? Sure. I think that's a good question. I mean, yes, we do have, um, you know, we do have to think about age when it comes to preparation. Um, You know, a 13-month difference uh, or 14 or 15 months, you know, you still have a really young baby, just barely a toddler. And so at that point, I think it's it's most appropriate to just kind of label things, you know, um, you know, touch your tummy and say baby. Um, And I can go, as we're talking a little bit more about specific types of preparation, I can sort of um, distinguish how you can do it for a, for a young sibling as for, well, for an older sibling as well. Mm-hmm. Language can be different and more detailed for an older child as well. Um, but I, but you know, your, your, um, your students or your friends who do have babies that are younger are right. There's, they're only going to be able to communicate uh, so much, right. But it's, but it is still going to be important to label and talk, use the words. There's some really great, like little easy books, um, you know, because kids are such good visual learners. So even for the youngest, um, you know, big brother or big sister to be reading is a great, a great tool. Um, but I, I do think that, um, you know, you're not going to have to do maybe as much as you would with a, with a two and a half or three year old. And I, I think that happens to be the most, um, you know, common spacing between children to two to four really. And that those years, um, with kids that age, uh, they really are the, the a, a great age to start doing a lot of the sibling preparation that we're going to talk about. Well, at what point in the pregnancy should the mom start to help prep her child and how would she even begin? Right. So I think, um, you know, we don't want to start talking about the baby too early on in the pregnancy because children don't really have an understanding for the passing of time. And if we start to, you know, really go full full force talking about babies and your baby and mommy's having a baby when you still have like you know, six months to go, um, that can be a little, that can be a little early and overwhelming. My advice is really kind of when you're, when you have about eight weeks left in your pregnancy or so that at that point, you know, you're showing, you've already talked about you're having a baby, but you don't have to do much full-fledged sibling preparation, um, much earlier than that. And, and the reason why is because we want the due date to be a little bit 
closer and more tangible for the child. We want to be able to um, mark the passage of time that a little a little more quickly. So, for example, um, say you're due in April by like February, you can sit down with your little one and start to say, um, "When is our baby going to come?" And you can look at a calendar and you can say, "This is us. We're on February first, and let's count the days." And maybe we'll put a sticker um, on April first, you know, or whenever your due date is. And then that way you have a visual something that you can show. You can count down. You can cross off the days. And of course you can also explain it's going to happen sometime around this date. It may be a little sooner. It may be a little later. We don't know, but at least, um, for a young child, that's not so far in advance. Um, you also don't want to cause too, too much anxiety. You know, you're going to have, I've had clients that say, Oh, my, my, my child wakes up every morning and says, baby today, baby today, baby today. And it's like, no, we still have quite a ways for the baby. Um, and so I think that a sort of a good rule of thumb, you know, six to eight weeks out is is when we're really going to start doing the, the specific baby education that I talk about up until that point. Um, you know, I, I definitely encourage parents to start, um, talking about babies in general, baby, baby puppies, baby chickens, maybe your friends who have babies, maybe you're reading stories with babies in them. You're starting to do what I kind of, um, call like priming your child. You're getting them to be a little bit more aware of just babies in general out in the world. Maybe you can have a friend with a new baby come over and you can show your child, Oh, look how tiny she is. Um, you know, Oh, she's crying, babies cry. So you can start to just talk about babies and do, um, draw their attention more to the babies. And then you can also say like, of course, mommy has a baby in my tummy, but the difference there is we're just talking about babies in general. And then the language will kind of flip, um, when you're closer to your due date, six to eight weeks out, where you're going to say this, now we're going to talk about our baby and your baby sister and how it's going to be in our house and in our family when our baby comes. Um, step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes. Just to clarify, so, I mean... Maybe it's, it was just my body, but I was showing early and, yeah. and my sons noticed. So, yeah. um, and I'm sure not the only one. So talking six to eight weeks before about baby coming, but not ignoring the fact that there's a baby in mommy's tummy. Absolutely. I think, you know, yes, as soon as you start showing, um, and there's other things that are changing too in your body, you know, your energy level, <laughs> your mood, um, maybe, being able to maybe pick you up have, the other child's. 
absolutely. I was going to say, maybe you have some sort of a physical limitation. And I think it's very, um, it's, it's, it's great to be able to say mommy has a baby in her tummy. Um, I think the difference is that we go ahead and label it and acknowledge it, but not go overboard with, um, all of the preparation too early, you know, unless questions start or if your child is older, um, and we can talk a little bit about how to answer some of those questions, but you know, you don't want to do it too early if you're not ready for the rest of the world to know, you know, Mm -hmm. I always say like, you can't ask your child to keep it a secret, you know? (laughs) So if, if it's early that, and you, you, you're not ready for, um, you know, everyone at their school to know or family or friends, then wait a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I think if you start showing and, um, although it's, it's kind of funny because I've had plenty of moms that I've worked with who have waited for quite a while and they've got a tummy on them and maybe it's those with younger children and they still don't really know that the baby's in the tummy yet. (laughs) So I think it's your level of comfortability. Um, but it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing how in tune your children are with the changes in your body as well. So yeah, I think it's good to go ahead and label it, um, but not go too much into detail about the changes until a little bit later on. That makes a lot of sense. So what about for the moms that I've had this conversation at the studio, some of the moms that already have two kids and they're like, Oh, I don't really need sibling prep already have two. What might they find useful about still considering this step in preparation for the next baby? Yeah, I think, you know, so sure your older child has gone through it before. Um, and hopefully, you know, you were able to get through that transition pretty well. And and from that experience, you've learned, you know, some things to do or to not to do as you continue to grow your family. Um, but some sibling preparation is still going to be important, especially for that second child who is going to experience being a big brother or a big sister for the first time. So I would Um, you know, I would definitely continue doing some of the, using some of the strategies that you used with your first child. Um, and also with your older child, who's a big, you know, big brother or big sister already to definitely talk to them about, do you remember what it was like when your baby sister or baby brother was born? Um, and to kind of, you know, sort of review and use it as an opportunity to talk about the changes and, um, maybe what was hard, maybe, maybe how they felt. Um, maybe you could share a story. Like I remember when your baby sister was born, um, this, this happened, or you maybe had a hard time with this or, you know, and kind of tell stories, you know, with your older child about how it was, you can show pictures to both of them that maybe you took of them together. Um, you know, it may be that the child was two when the first, when the second was born and now she's four, now she's five. So you're going to be able to have much more, um, you know, of a conversation with your child as well. So you have an opportunity to create a little bit more of a dialogue with your older child. And, and then to also say like, you know, it is going to be another change in our family and there's now going to be another baby. And maybe you remember how babies need mommy's attention a lot, or, you know, so I'm going to need your help even more too, you know, and you can kind of use that as a way of empowering your oldest child as well to take, um, you know, to be helpful and to teach, to teach the the second child how to be a big brother and a big sister. But definitely, um, I wouldn't just assume that, um, that your existing children are just going to know how to, you know, (laughs) how to welcome a new baby. There certainly needs to be some education there. And even me, like my, my boys are older 
they were nine and seven when our new baby was born in October last year. And, um, you know, so they're, they're big kids. And I still thought, well, this is important. My middle child has been the youngest for seven years of his life. He doesn't know what it's going to be like to now be the middle child and to have this younger baby who's going to start to really get a lot of the attention. And so we did spend time talking about it and, um, thinking about how he might feel and talking about how he can express, um, if he's feeling jealous or sad, or if he misses me or if he needs something from me. So I think it's a wonderful opportunity, honestly, to just continue building a connection with your children, um, you know, and communicating with them and as you prepare them for the new baby. All this is great information. All right. So we're going to get back to the idea of preparing for a new baby. Now, what if though, and I have faced this and I, as I told you before, I kind of skirted around, I gave some details, but kind of skirted around, but what if the child starts to ask more details about how the baby got into mommy's tummy and how the baby gets out and maybe you're not quite ready for that conversation. Exactly. Yeah. It's always a moment, I think, of panic that a lot of parents go through it, especially, right, like you said, we're not ready to have the conversation. And the truth is, is our children are not ready for all the information. Um, that said, you know, kids, especially toddlers and preschool age children are very curious. They are, their eyes are being opened wider and wider every day to the world around them. And they also are starting to learn so much about, um, you know, how, like what, how does this happen and what causes this? They're learning about cause and effect. Um, and they're starting to, you know, they're in preschool and they're learning about, you know, things growing and plants growing or babies, you know, baby animals, these kinds of things are getting exposed to. So it's only natural that they're going to express some curiosity about, um, how this happened. I think what's important for parents to remember is if, when your child asks, um, where did the baby come from or how did the baby, how's the baby going to get out? They're not asking for, you know, a full birds and bees <laughs> conversation, <laughs> you know, oftentimes they, a simple answer, um, is actually very satisfying to them. So some things that you can say, if they say, well, where'd the baby come from? Um, you can say things like, well, mommy and daddy decided that we wanted to add to our family. Um, and so we, um, you know, we made a baby and now the baby's in mommy's tummy. And when it's time for the baby to be born, she'll, she'll come out of my tummy. And a lot of toddlers will say, great, like that's a perfectly acceptable answer. You can say other things like, um, you know, there's, there was a seed that was planted in my tummy. Like you plant a seed, you planted a seed in kindergarten or in preschool. Um, and the baby's going to grow like a flower grows or a plant grows. And, um, when the baby is ready to be born, um, she'll come out of a special part of my tummy or a special part of my bum or people do, you know, if, if you're comfortable and you have labeled parts, um, you know, you can say there's going to be a, there's a special place in my vagina or in my private parts where the baby comes out. Um, and so I would say gauge your own level of comfortability with the language and the labels that you use, but recognize that a simple explanation, um, is usually all that they're asking for. And if you have a really curious child who keeps going on, but wait, a second, how did this and how did that, um, you know, then it, then you may actually think like, okay, again, you still don't need to have the full conversation, but you can just say, you know, daddy has a seed that comes from his body that then gets planted in mommy's body and it grows. Um, and a lot of times that is totally sufficient for older children. I think it's up to you. I know people that do start some very basic, um, 
you know, sort of education about bodies and, um, you know, and reproduction, um, when, when kids are in kindergarten or even first grade. So there are some great books. There are some good resources out there. Um, one of the ones that I really like is a book called it's so amazing, which is all about, um, which is all about bodies and parts. Um, and they really touch on very simply on, um, you know, on a little bit of reproductive, um, education. So, but just keep in mind, you know, don't panic. Um, these, these are very, uh, natural, um, curious questions that children are going to offer. And a lot of times very easily satisfied with a simple answer. <laughs> yeah. My son is kind of in the, in the middle of both. He didn't yeah. quite take the simple, he didn't need quite the, uh, the detail, but I think he saw the midwife measuring mommy's belly. He listened to the heartbeat, yeah. you know, and he, and I actually have like models of a pelvis around and all these birth books. So he was a little, a little more curious, but I kind of went in that in between and, and you're right. He didn't ask too many details, but it was enough to satisfy him. But I have to tell you, it did make me a mm-hmm. little nervous because we've always used proper names and I'm like, well, really, how far are we going with this? Yeah, so I these are great suggestions. Yeah. I think, I think something else that, um, maybe parents get a little bit concerned about too is, is, you know, you don't want to, um, overburden your child with information that they, they don't really understand. And so if they're not very familiar with like body parts and even the differences between men and women, um, at a young age, then, you know, their, their ability to really kind of comprehend what you're talking about, if you go into too much detail, gets lost on them. So that's sort of one thing. And then another thing is, you know, I had one mom say, well, I don't want my kid to be the one on the playground at school, giving the like education to everyone else. So, you know, you don't, you don't need to get that email or that phone call from someone else's parent that, you know, your child educated them. Um, (laughs) So so I guess we just have to be able to kind of strike a, you know, a balance between, you know, being truthful and comfortable um, and also, you know, kind of moving on, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay, great. Check that box. Let's keep going forward. (laughs) All right. So let's get back to some practical tools. What are some practical tools that the parent can use for the younger child? Well, my number one tool for sibling preparation, hands down, is a baby doll. And I, I think- remember you making me get that. I'm like, yeah. I, I felt like such a moron holding this doll. Be like, mommy's yeah. holding baby, and she would be like, "That's not the baby." Yeah. I think that I think the reason why it's a great tool, even if we do feel kind of silly, is that it it does provide sort of a a literal visual and it's kind of a stand in for what it's going to look like when that baby comes. Of course it's different because it's not real, but it, for our children, you know, they are very literal learners, you know, their imaginations are still growing, but this is something that, you know, they've never seen in their house. They've never seen a, you with a baby before. And so to actually have a baby doll or, you know, some people have used like a, a teddy bear or a stuffed animal that maybe their child is a little bit more into, which is totally fine. But the idea is that you want to provide, um, you know, this kind of tangible sit in for, for the, um, for the baby to come. So I like to say, you know, you can either, um, surprise your, your child with a new baby and kind of say, Oh, you know, mommy has something for you, you know, uh, and, and this is within mind you kind of that two month, um, serious prep window that I was talking about, you know, so we're shifting now from talking about just the general babies out in the world to now, you know, mommy has our baby in my tummy and our baby's going to come, um, going to, going to be in, in our house. And this is going to be your baby's 
sister or your baby brother that you're going to take care of. Um, so what is sort of a natural, sort of a natural time to transition the baby doll into the picture and say, you know, one day we will have a new baby in our house. And, um, and so now mommy has brought home a baby for you too. And we're going to have this baby doll, um, for you to take care of also like mommy's going to take care of a new baby. So it's a great visual. And then you would use that baby really in all different types of play scenarios. I mean, play is the number one way of educating. Um, and you know, you've heard the quotes like play is the work of children. Like it's really the way that they start to process and understand what's happening in the world around them. So, um, you know, throughout the day, whether it's you or your partner or a grandparent or a babysitter, you know, kind of using that baby doll to simulate some of the different things that are going to happen in your home when the baby arrives is a wonderful way of education. So I'll give you an example, you know, say you're, you're sitting down to dinner, um, and you're having your child come to the table. You can say, Hey, when our baby is born, where is she going to sit during dinner time? And you'll say, you know what, let's get our baby doll. And, and we'll, we'll say, where, where should our baby sit when it's time to eat? And then you can kind of say, you know, um, when the baby's little and tiny and first born, uh, mommy might hold her like this. And you kind of show what it's like to hold the cradle, the baby, or we might have a special seat that the baby is sitting in on the floor next to us or on the table. Um, or, you know, the baby might be sleeping in her bed. So you're kind of talking about what that might look like. You can provide a visual for what that might look like. And then you can go on to say things like, Hey, um, you know, what do babies eat? Like you're eating spaghetti. What is a baby going to eat when, when our baby comes? And if you have an older child or like a toddler or a verbal child, you know, you can kind of wait and see what, what he or she says, you know, they might say something silly like pizza or, you know, they might actually say milk, you know, babies drink milk. Maybe she knows, you know, but if she doesn't, um, you can say, you know, mommy is going to feed the baby milk. And if you're going to breastfeed, you can say the milk comes out of mommy's breasts or, um, or we can use a bottle or we can use a pump. And, and as you're talking about these things, you can show your child what this looks like. You know, you can show them a bottle, um, you can show, you know, you can talk about your breasts. Maybe you've nursed your own, you know, maybe that child nursed or, um, you have pictures of yourself nursing. Um, so you can just kind of, as you have opportunities throughout the day, and I'm not talking about every single stage of every day, or are you talking about this baby? But when you see an opportunity in the coming weeks up leading up to your birth, um, using that baby doll for some education is a really wonderful way of just starting to get your child to, um, to think about what it might be like when the baby comes. Um, and another reason why this is going to be really important too, is because after the baby actually arrives, you can really connect those dots with your child. So you can say, do you remember when the baby was in mommy's tummy and we talked about where the baby was going to sit during dinner time? And now look, here he is. He's sitting in his little bouncy seat with us, you know, while you're eating your dinner. And for a, for a little one, um, that kind of recall thinking about when we talked about that, thinking about that early education and sort of, you know, stringing those experiences together. Um, it really brings the whole moment full circle for the child and really helps with sort of, um, making that learning even more meaningful for them. Great, 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 great suggestions. Okay. Now I want to switch a little bit to 
the mom, because these are great tools and important tools for the child to start to get their head around, okay, new baby's coming, routine is changing, family dynamics changing, but what are some tools for the mom to start to wrap her head around changing her routine? Because I know, at least for us, we were kind of in a good groove, the three of us, we had our routine, we had our dynamic, and I was a little nervous about, how am I going to juggle this new child? Do you have any tools for that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is probably like the number one thing when I'm working with my clients is they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm worried about my child, but what about me? This is going to be so hard. And, you know, I'm finally sleeping and my child's finally sleeping and now I'm not going to be sleeping anymore. And, you know, I'm going to lose my body. It's going to take forever to get my body back. And, or I have to go on maternity leave. That's going to be hard because then I have to go off maternity leave again. You know, so it's a lot about us too. And, and, you know, really sort of, um, re, you know, you have to kind of like recalibrate again after you've finally gotten into a good groove. And, um, and that's a little intimidating. I think, um, one of sort of the blessings of, you know, second time or third, or just, you know, uh, you know, third time parenthood is that you, um, you've been there before. And so, you know, that all of the phases that you're going to go through with a newborn and, you know, a, a young baby, everything's is, is, um, temporary. And, and now it's actually kind of sad because we're like, Oh, I miss those early baby days. They go by so fast. But when you're doing it for the first time, it feels just, you know, interminable. You, you have no way of knowing that you're actually going to get through it when you do it again. And even again, then it just gets easier and easier because, um, you know, you, you, you know that you can actually make it through. Um, but yes, I think some things to think about, um, that, that can really be helpful as you're, um, you know, leading up to giving birth again is what are you really going to need and where do you think your partner and, um, possibly a, you know, a a babysitter or family can help you. Um, and, and to be very clear, even before the birth, um, that this is what you think uh, would be wonderful if people could actually take on. So by that, I mean like, um, you know, let your, let your, your partner know, I know I'm really going to need to sleep. Um, or I know that I'm really going to need help in the night. Um, and let's come up with a plan and let's talk about what, um, you think you're capable of doing and how you think you can help me. And really what ends up happening a lot is there's a lot of dividing and conquering that happens in those early months where your partner is usually with the older child and tries to, you know, really take on a lot of the care for the older child while you're resting and recovering from birth. Um, and, and then there are going to be other times you're like, you know, I really miss spending time with my older child and I really am going to want you to take the baby for a little while so that I can spend some time with, with him. So just think about how you, how you can, um, you know, utilize the help around you and, um, and, you know, take that knowledge that you learned the first time around about where I really needed help with laundry. I needed help with grocery shopping. I needed help with cleaning or I wanted alone time. Um, and I know I'm going to need someone to, um, you know, force me out the door to go take a little alone time while I can. So I, you know, can do that. Or, you know, I know I really want to try to exercise, um, and get, get up on my feet and get moving because that's really important to me. So I need that kind of support to do that. So have those conversations ahead of time. Other things that are going to be great is if you're say, for example, always the one that gives bath and as you're getting bigger and more uncomfortable later on in your pregnancy, um, you might want to start transitioning some of the things that maybe you always do with your older child to, um, you know, your partner, or maybe you always do bedtime and, um, you know, not only is it harder and harder for you as you're bigger and more uncomfortable, but you know that when the baby comes, it might be hard for you to, to, um, to do that every night. Um, 
So, you know, you might want to work with your, with your, with your toddler or your older child and kind of say, you know, tonight mommy and daddy are going to do bath time together and daddy's going to be here too. And then maybe the next night it's, you start together, but then you kind of back, back out for a little while and let daddy take over. And then maybe the next night it's just daddy. And if the, your child asks for you, daddy starts to say, you know, mommy's going to take a rest or mommy went to the grocery store or mommy had to, um, you know, be on the phone right now, but daddy's here and daddy is going to give you bath. And what you're doing is just kind of helping your child transition into that change of routine before the baby comes so that once the baby comes, it won't feel like now all of a sudden mom's not available because of the baby. You know, it's that mom wasn't available beforehand or maybe not every night beforehand. And so that's not going to feel so different after the baby comes. So I think that... That's great. Because I know you yeah. hit on the idea of bath and bed. And that is where, looking back, I my husband and I had the, kind of the rockiest part is because we had a very clear dinner, bath, bed routine. And it yeah. really derailed with yeah. my daughter. And then it turned into like this four-hour routine for both of them. Yeah. So I yeah. think you hit something that most parents are like, <laughs> it's such a massive end of the day. It's like the witching hour. So I think planning yeah. ahead of time is really smart. Yeah, I think so too. And I, you know, you just, what, what I like to help parents try to avoid is attributing big changes to the fact that the baby has come. Um, and obviously there are so many things that are going to happen because the baby is there, but if we can think about how to, um, you know, tackle some of those changes and transitions prior to the baby arriving, um, it'll just be a little bit easier on everyone. Um, and another thing that I recommend kind of in that same vein is, you know, a lot of people wait until the very last minute to bring out, you know, baby equipment. They don't want to, you know, sort of clog up their space with setting up, you know, (laughs) the, the, the stroller and the car seat and getting everything ready. Um, and you sort of want to maintain order and, and as, as long as you can, because you know, once the baby comes, everything's going to go out the window, but it's actually really good for your older child to see some of this stuff beforehand and for you to actually teach about it. So like, you know, get that, get the swing out, set it up, Um, and let your child put their baby doll in it and teach about it, you know, and kind of say, this is a little swing that you used to be in when you were little. And when our baby comes, you know, we might put her in here and you can talk about, you know, maybe, um, if you want to help with the swing, you can push this button or you can ask mommy to do this, but, but we don't push the swing, you know, you use it to kind of talk a little bit about what the rules are going to be, <laughs> um, you know, or with the bouncy seat, um, we, we gently rock the baby like this. And so that when the baby is actually here, you can say, remember how we had before the baby came, we had baby doll and we learned that we need to rock the, the seat very gently. And, um, so you're just kind of pre-educating and letting them take a look at all of this stuff before you're stressed and exhausted and tired and the baby is actually in, you know, the swing and then you snap and say, don't touch that or don't push that. You know, it's much harder afterwards. (laughs) What if the sibling says, the first child says he or she doesn't want a new baby brother or sister? Yeah. And that's, happens, right? I think the main thing, I think what they're saying, first of all, is I don't quite understand what you're talking about. So it's very natural for me to just say, no, thank you. Um, you know, um, because it's hard to kind of really understand what it's going to mean to have a baby there. But I like to remind parents to try not to assign feelings to their child. So not to say things like, oh, you're going to love it, or you must be so excited or, 
it's going to be so fun being a big brother because I think, you know, we, we should definitely allow our kids to experience their, their feelings. Um, and we don't want them to feel, uh, like what they're experiencing is wrong. So instead I like to say things like, um, okay, it's okay. If you feel that way, it's okay. If you don't want a baby brother, um, you know, maybe you'll feel differently tomorrow. <laughs> oh, and that's, and that's, a, that's actually a good thing that, you know, you can use with your child about anything, you know, it's okay if you don't like mommy right now. <laughs> Maybe you'll tomorrow. Um, but you know, just to kind of let them know that however they're feeling or whatever they're experiencing is okay. And, um, you know, and, and then you can continue to kind of talk about it and label those feelings and do some education around it. And, um, and then even after the baby comes, you know, I think a lot of parents just, um, you know, imagine that it's going to be this perfect introduction. And a lot of times it really is, but after a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks, you have a toddler who's acting out or who's saying, take the baby away or put the baby back. Or, you know, I don't like that baby. And instead you can just sort of say, um, you know, it's okay to feel that way. And instead talk for the baby, you know, say things like your baby brother loves you so much, or your baby brother is so happy that you're his big brother. Um, you know, and, and go ahead and, and, um, say those things without assuming or assigning any feelings for your older child. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I remember you had really great ideas, but how do you introduce the new baby to the older siblings? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think it can be different for, for any family. Um, I, I think a big thing to consider is if, if you are having a hospital birth or you're going to be away from home, um, how your child is going to do with seeing you and then potentially having to separate again. Um, so if somebody brings them to the hospital and you suspect it's going to be really hard to say goodbye again and have another separation, then a good idea is to bring your child in to visit the baby on the day that you're going home so that you can all go home together and not have to have a separation again. Um, if you're not too worried about separation and you think that it will be okay to, to have someone bring your child in and spend a little time with you, then I think a great thing to do, you can do a couple of things. Um, you know, Talk about with your child where you're going to be when the baby, uh, when the baby is time for the baby to be born. And so you can visit, um, the hospital or drive by it or walk by it and say like, when it's time for the baby to come, this is where mommy will be. And as soon as the doctor says, it's okay, you can come and see me and you can come and meet your, your baby, your baby brother or sister. Um, and you know, daddy will bring you or grandma will bring you. Um, and then you can maybe have a day where you do something fun together. Like maybe you make something for the new baby together, draw picture or, you know, make a picture frame together for the new baby, or maybe you pick out something special as a gift to give to the new baby. And then you can do the same thing too. So from the new baby, there's maybe a, a new picture or a card or a, a special present as a big brother, um, gift it makes a nice sort of a nice way of celebrating. One thing that I've done with all of my kids that I really was special for me. And I think was meaningful for my kids is, you know, we had a little birthday party in the hospital because it truly is their birthday and, um, it's a celebration and, 
you know, my, what, what little one doesn't love a birthday party. So (laughs) we, so we had, you know, cupcakes and balloons in the hospital. And so then when my kids came into the hospital to meet their new sibling, it was met with celebration and, and, and it was happy and it was cheerful and it was exciting. Um, and it just really set a nice tone. Um, you know, we were celebrating and so we had a little birthday party and we sang happy birthday to the new baby. And, um, so that was a really fun way of, of introducing, um, the baby as well. I think another little tip that people probably have heard a lot, um, that I think is a good idea too, is when the moment comes for the introduction to, um, to try to, have the baby not be be put down to have the baby, you know, be in the bassinet or to not be holding the baby. Um, because you really want to be able to kind of have your child come in and see you and, and, and give a big hug and, and have them climb up into bed with you. Some kids will run over straight to the baby and that's great, you know, but the idea is that, you know, they get to come to you first, especially if there's been a separation. Um, that's a really nice thing. So I know when my kids were born, um, my older son, um, you know, he came right up to me and wanted to climb into bed with me and hug and kiss me because we had been apart for two days. And then I asked, do you remember why mommy was here? Why did mommy come to the hospital? And then he looked for the baby and found <laughs> the baby in the bassinet. And, you know, but I had him in my lap and I was able, and it was good for me too. You know, it was a, it was hard being separated from him as well, you know? So it was a nice, it was comforting for me to be able to hold him and have him there with me in my lap, you know? <laughs> what about, um, those that are planning on a home birth, how would you prepare how do you recommend preparing the child for a home birth? Sure. Um, and I remember you and I speaking a lot about that. I think, um, what's going to be important is to start with some education around, um, you know, when it's time for the baby to come, here's what's going to happen. You can talk about, um, you know, mommy is mommy's body's going to be working very hard and I might make some funny noises because, you know, the child, especially if you plan on having your child around like through your labor, or if you go into labor during the day and he's home and you know, it's all happening there, then you want to sort of let them know. Cause they'll get real concerned if they start to see that you're, um, you know, in pain, making interesting noises or maybe breathing in a different way. So I would go ahead and let them know what that's going to sound like and maybe even what it's going to look like. Um, you know, and you can even say, can you do that with me? Like make some, you know, make these kind of breaths with mommy, you know, um, if you have some special equipment or if you're having, you know, if you're going to use a a birthing tub or maybe you've got a birthing ball or some other things around the house, I would set some things up and let, them take a look at it and talk about what's going to happen. Um, and you can say like, you know, um, while mommy's body is, is getting ready to have the baby, you know, you might be with, um, you might be with daddy, you might be with grandma, you might be with the babysitter, let them know what's going to happen and who they're going to be with, you know, while this is happening. Um, you might stay home for a little while, you might go to school. Um, and that kind of depends. I think every family is different as far as like how much they want the other child around through, through that whole process. Cause it can be long, mm-hmm. uh, but let them know. And then you can always say things like, um, you know, if you want to help mommy, you can, um, you know, you can comb my hair or you can hold a washcloth on my head, you know? (laughs) Um, but then just say like, you know, there might be some, some blood if your baby's there, if your child's there while the baby's being born. Um, and honestly, you know, Deb, you're a great, you probably have a better, you you would be better preparing people (laughs) for this than I would. Um, you know, so I think you should definitely share with with people. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, I did everything you had 
told me to do. We talked a lot about, you know, he met Stacy, our midwife, because she came to yeah. our house, which was fantastic. So Stacy's going to help baby's sister come out of mommy's body. Uh, he, he heard the baby's heartbeat. We had everything. And I know in each family, I think is different. Um, some families really want the first child involved. Um, I've seen even there in the birth tub with them. I found for me, things really uh, picked up once he was out of the house. He took an epic nap while I was laboring. um, And he came in from his nap and I was like, mommy's okay. These are just sounds. I'm okay. And he was more interested in my husband pumping up the birth ball. And he wanted to do that. He could care less about me. Um, Maybe that's just the age, you know, two and a half at that point. But I had really prepared him not to be scared. Um, But once he left the house, because truly what I would recommend for parents giving birth at home is to think about your comfort level. You know, I invited him in, but I knew that I needed him out of the house for me really to have the permission to just birth. And so once he left, it was only about an hour and a half after he left that things really picked up and the baby was out. So I think home birth, they have to really think about what you want. And it's, it's a really personal choice. Yeah. And I can, I can really understand, you know, probably it, it, I think our natural instinct is to protect them to a certain degree. Um, and so I can understand that having him gone for you, I can see why that helped your, probably helped you progress, you know? <laughs> um, but I do think you're right there. There are other women who are going to feel okay. Um, and really want the child there. Maybe they've had, you know, they've had experienced this before and, and it's, you know, they want all their children around. So I think it's a personal choice for sure, but I do think it's wonderful regardless that you talked about that with him and, and who knows, you know, maybe you prepared him so well that, the birthing ball, the birthing ball was more interesting because he wasn't worried about you, you know, which is great. Um, and so, so, you know, I I have the conversations, show the equipment, you know, let him know what it might sound or look like to the best that you can, um, have a plan with a, a sitter or a family member who can take the child away for a little while, if that's what you feel like you need. Um, and it may be that like, you're okay with the child being there, but you may actually find that the child is not not doing okay being there, you know, is maybe too agitated or worried or upset. Um, and so you need to have a plan if, um, if that happens too, you know, (laughs) who's going to take them and where are they going to go and how long should they be gone for? So anyways, um, but yeah, and you know, regardless of what type of birth you're having and where you are, um, you know, you can, you can still use all of the same tools and do a lot of the same things and read, and maybe you're reading a book and the baby is the baby and the mommy are in the hospital, but you can say, you know, um, well, our baby's going to be born at home. You know, mommy's mm-hmm. going to have the baby born here, or you can say, we're going to try to have the baby born at home, you know? <laughs> right. We'll, Cause we'll, you never really know where it's going to go. <laughs> never really know. <laughs> so so anyway. I want to address the, now that, okay, we've mm-hmm. prepped the child, baby's been born, they've introduced. So how do you address the child's feelings once everyone is back together at home? Yeah. So, you know, this is, this is, it's a big transition for everyone. You've gone through it. Now you've got this baby, you're all at home, you're a new family of four or five. Um, and I think for those first several days and weeks, everyone seems like, you know, at least in my, all my years of preparation and and research, it seems like those first couple weeks tend to go okay because there tends to be, um, 
more, maybe more support than you're going to have, you know, there's some family around or maybe a baby nurse or your, you know, your partner is also able to take some leave. Um, and so there's more hands on deck, um, which makes things easier. And everyone's also kind of floating along in a, you know, a post baby adrenaline rush. Um, what's also great is that your older children, um, you know, are getting kind of more attention and excitement. You've got more visitors, you've got people coming to see the baby. Maybe there's, there's packages rolling in, you know, there's a, there's a real sense of, of, um, excitement. It's really after the first couple of weeks, I think that the, the kind of the more permanency tends to, to set in. And that's when things usually start to get a little tired, you know, the kind of accumulated, um, loss of sleep kicks in, the hormones are kicking in, um, you know, some of your support is moved on <laughs> and that's when it starts to get a little hard. Um, that's when it that's, gets real, <laughs> that's when it gets real. Exactly. You know, maybe your partner's back to work now and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm, I'm home alone for the first time, or I'm doing the bedtime routine all alone. Um, and so, you know, that's when, that's when I think you might start to see, um, some changes in behavior of your older child and, and it's all normal, you know, it's a big transition. Um, what, what I really recommend is, um, is, is trying to carve out some special time with your older child when you can, and it doesn't have to be quantity of time. It's just the quality of the time they're able to spend together. So maybe you've got the baby napping, um, and you have a little window of time to, to snuggle up and read some books or maybe, um, you know, have a special little play date on the floor together or, um, you know, just spend a little quality time, um, kind of filling the attention bucket of your older child when you can. Um, you also are going to see a lot of, um, acting out behavior as the result of your child just kind of feeling out of control. And that's understandable because there's been so much change within the household, um, that, you know, they're going to really feel out of control in so many ways. So I really like to say up your, um, use of choices, letting your child even, you know, choose the silliest things, you know, do you want to put the toothpaste on your toothbrush or should I, because every good choice and every time they get a chance to feel like they've been in control, um, really helps kind of mitigate some of that, you know, some of that negative behavior. So definitely, um, you know, look for ways to continue to let your, your older child feel like, you know, he is still in control in ways in the best way that he can be, that you can allow him to be. Um, that's going to be great too. So some special one-on-one time with attention, some opportunities to really, you know, feel like they're still in control. And then I think even with your youngest children, you know, toddlers to 18 months to two years old to three years old, whatever, they are still really, um, learning how to recognize and label their feelings. So feeling things like, um, feeling worried or anxious or frustrated or mad, um, or missing mommy or wanting mommy's attention. I think it's important that we label those things for our kids. So we can say, you know, wow, it's really hard being a big sister, isn't it? Or it's hard having to wait while mommy finishes feeding, um, you know, the baby, or you're frustrated that I can't hold you right now. You really, really want for me to hold you right now. Um, and you know, and I, I understand understand. And when I, as soon as I'm done feeding the baby, I can pick you up too. So just a lot of like talking through and labeling a lot of the feelings that you see your child, um, expressing and, 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 you know, letting them know that you understand and and you recognize and you validate how they're feeling. Um, I think that kind of language is really important. (laughs) These are such fantastic tips and I know it's going to help so many, so many people in our community. Do you have any last minute, anything you want to share? Where can people find you if they're hearing this? Like, wow, she's got some great (laughs) ideas and they want to connect. 
Absolutely. And thank you. Um, I, I hope this will be helpful. And yes, I have, I feel like I could talk about this forever. Um, but I do have a website. It's U plus two parenting. That's all spelled out. Um, com. And I have an active Facebook page, um, where you can find me online. I post tips and ideas, um, on my website. I have lots of different blog, um, articles and tips and advice there. And I do offer all sorts of, um, private, you know, workshops and and private sessions to help parents get um, prepared, not just on sibling preparation, but a lot of other issues around um, toddler and preschool age uh, adjustment. We do a lot with discipline, boundary setting, um, transitions like potty training and moving to a big kid bed, those sorts of things. So, um, you know, and, and a lot of times sibling siblings come along during those big transitions for, for toddler and preschool age children. So it all kind of, a lot of it is all wrapped up in <laughs> um, a lot of these life changes that are happening for them. So it's definitely, um, a time that's sort of fraught in development of our little children. So it's, it's great to get some, some support. Um, and then finally I wrote a great little, um, children's uh, sibling prep book, um, children's book called when mommy has our baby and it's available on Amazon, but it's a, a neat little tool, um, that parents can use to talk about what's going to happen when the baby comes and how to sort of, I uh, give some ideas about how to stay connected while you might be apart, um, and, and at, at the hospital giving birth and what to do afterwards. So, um, yeah, so definitely check that out and please feel free to reach out to me. If you have any questions, you can find my contact information on my website. We'll make sure that we have it in our show notes. So there's listening can reach out to you and follow you and get your newsletter and hear all about you. So thank Great. you so much. I really miss having you on the East coast. <laughs> well, you- thank you. And I just want to say, Deb, that you are such a wonderful resource for the community and everyone here is so lucky to have you in your studio. I was there many, many hours through my pregnancies and post-pregnancy and I miss it a lot too. So oh, thanks. And you know, the picture I'm going to use for, um, for this blog is going to be that one that you came up to my apartment and gave me a crash course. I think it was only like three or four weeks before and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So <laughs> people can see. Well, thank you again. And I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. I'll check in with you later. Sounds good, Deb. Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.